0: Hey listeners, welcome on board to today's podcast, where we're meeting Brian Cooper, who's top of the pop when it comes to creative work. He's crossed paths with some of the most recognized agencies in London, including Mother, Dare, Wyden Kennedy, McCann, BBH, Ogilvy, and Unilever's own in-house agency. Today he's flying solo with his newly started company, Mots & Misfits. Right, let's start the show. From Studio Roo, I'm Yessi Fram, and this is Bosses for Breakfast, the show where I talk with entrepreneurs, creatives, and inspiring visionaries about their successes and their failures around advertising and what they're bringing forward today. Thank you very much for joining today, Brian. It's really a pleasure. Fr- yeah, really thrilled to have you. I've known you for a few years now. I tried to like give you coffee and teas. Every time I see you, like every morning for over a year, you always say no.
1: Yes, <laughs> that's because I actually uh, get woken up. I wake up quite early, about half past six, two daughters who've got to rush off to school. And if I don't get up early enough, I won't see them before they go. I'm completely dreary unless I have coffee. So I usually preload with my entire day's worth of caffeine before eight o'clock. And then if I have any more, I'll be a jumping lunatic. So that's why I don't have any more caffeine for the rest of the day.
0: Okay, interesting. I was interested. I didn't actually think you liked it. But no, uh, no it's I love coffee. Know. Good to know. Coffee's great. <laughs> right, we just have to get you up early enough. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay, right. I would also like to start off with just a little bit of a rundown about who you are, where did you start? Today, you're like a very senior creative director. Where did everything begin and like, what's your journey?
1: I didn't really take a normal route into advertising. I didn't come from an art college. I started my career as a, an army officer, actually, and I did that for seven years. And then I was a district supermarket manager for Aldi when they first started here, which was quite entertaining because I had to do all my training in Germany in German. So my German's quite good. That really wasn't quite. The right job for me and so I left there and looked around for something a bit more creative and I sort of fell into advertising really I saw that the people actually wrote ads and I didn't know that they did that I don't quite know how they where they ever came from before before that but anyway I decided to take that option and yeah. So I've been in the industry for nearly 25 years now and have had a reasonably successful career as good as many I would guess but that's really sort of where I came from.
0: Okay, that's interesting. How did you get started with advertising then? Like you you said, you kind of fell into it. What is the first part of the...
1: I've always had a creative brain and, you know, my senior officers in the military would always look at my rather colourful scenario writing for field exercises. I've always had a sort of lateral creative mind. Advertising seemed a pretty natural fit. But what you learn very quickly in advertising is it's great to have all the mental gymnastics and dexterity, but in actual fact, what you really need to learn about are what brands are all about and what constitutes a brand and how brands behave, because you can be as clever and witty and shocking as you like, but you've really got to speak in the language of the brand. And I often think that the best creatives aren't actually like pop stars that project their own personality onto the brand. The best ones are actually more like actors. They get into the role of the brand and act out the brand in both how it behaves and the tone of voice. And those creatives tend to be the ones who can reach any brand and create good communications for them.
0: That's really interesting. Do you have some brands where you feel that them and their creatives has been, like, especially successful around it?
1: I mean, there's been quite a few brands. And then, like all actors, you can't play every single role. There are some roles that you just can't get into. I'm not very good at fashion and beauty and luxury. I I just not I don't have that kind of mindset. But often, a lot of public service brands like the Marines or the Navy, you know, I did a lot of work for them. Car brands and quite a few financial product brands, Mastercard, that sort of thing. Those are brands that I've managed to have most success with and also quite a few charities. I did a lot of work for people like Greenpeace and there again, it's something that seems a more natural fit.
0: Mm. So what's a good success criteria them to be a success
1: for me the best success criteria is the success of the communications i don't think an idea i don't think you can call an idea an idea unless it actually transforms a business or an organization in in some way otherwise it's just a a a piece of art creativity is actually ideas that add value the industry that we operate in it should be very much about having ideas that add value to our clients and so success for me is whatever that metric is whether it's increase in sales or increasing number of recruits whatever your in case of some greenpeace campaigns we've done to try and stop people physically chopping down rainforest which we did those are the marks of success for me Probably to today too much emphasis is placed on awards. And I think people almost look at awards as the number one criteria of success. But there's been some very interesting research done by Peter Field at the IPA that's showing that creativity is at its lowest amount of effectiveness now, which I think is a great shame. And I think the industry has to look at that carefully and consider what its role is. You've got to move things on. Mm you got to move people with your advertising, but you've got to move things on
0: because
1: mm. that's the only sign of success.
0: So you mentioned the role of advertising today and the unfortunate decrease of creativity. There's also quite a well-known debate in the market around all the, the in-housing and a lot of the agencies are actually struggling because they lose work. And, and you see that they, they'll kind of have to behave differently as a factor around this. How do you see the best value created for agencies today so they can continue the journey as agencies or will they have to change and accommodate for the shift in the market with housing
1: So I think agencies have got very lost. And when you look at the agency landscape out there, it's very difficult to identify what is a successful agency. And I think the truth is that there isn't actually a successful agency out there. A couple of things have happened which have completely turned the whole agency landscape upside down. So first of all, digital has productized a lot of communications. And that means you can do it pretty cheaply um, if you uh, automize it. And if you send it overseas, you can do it even more cheaply. And so, What used to be a cash cow for a lot of agencies in the production side where they could charge £600 to changing a comma to a full stop no longer exists. This has been driven by clients because clients have basically the way that we operate in the world because they have so many different channels to accommodate nowadays that they have to spread the same amount of money over a huge number of different options. And that causes them a lot of problems because A, they don't quite know what to do and how to make that all work. But essentially, it all comes down to money. It's like, how can I do all of this cheaper so I've got more money to do all the things I want to do? So to cut a long story short, what that's done is it's created what I would call a value volume world. And so the agency industry is rapidly splitting into those two. So let's take the volume world to start off with. This is all your business as usual stuff, you know. It's all the stuff that we push out on social media, digital communications, the brochures, the letters, the CRM, the data, everything that you have to do on a day-to-day day yeah. basis. Now, if you're a client and you're a smart client, you might go, you know what? I don't need the world's best creatives to do that. I need good creators, I need good designers, I need good writers, but I could probably source them locally and I could probably build a functioning unit within my own business to deal with all of that. Or if I'm not minded to do that, I could probably find someone either to set that up for me and to get it running, or I could actually contract it out as a managed service, a bit like Oliver. And that will deal with all my volume in a nice way and it might be that some of the services i can send overseas once i get the whole asset management sorted out and everything moving at pace and all really you know a well-oiled machine and at the most efficient price then i can go i've sorted out what money do i have how much money have i saved now where can i reinvest that money lots of clients are doing that and any client that hasn't done this is probably way behind the curve but that deals with the volume market When you set that up, the people that you're putting in there have a service-like mentality. They're there to offer good, quick, and fast creative that serves a function and serves it well. The problem is that those types of agencies aren't very good at doing the bigger thinking because they've not been trained to do that and they've not had years of experience in doing that and also they probably don't quite have the objectivity of being a little bit distanced from the client to be able to come in and go you know what actually I think looking at your brand from a fresh perspective you need to do this so you then sort of move into the value side of the world and there's no snobbery here between the two divides it's just different mindsets and different skills. But the value side goes, what's what's your brand about? You know, what overarching brand communications platform are you going to use so that you can create a consistent message across these million and one communication channels that you're pushing down all this stuff in volume so that where every single touch point, people see the same brand, the same tone, the same message, and everything seems coherent. That requires the sort of big mental thinking that other agencies have traditionally been able to do. However, the problem comes is that often agencies married that up with the production side of it and they relied the production side of it to subsidize the value side of it because actually most agencies were losing money on the creative thinking. And so that then means that you have to re-examine the model of what the value side is as well. Because what you can't have is, and you see it all the time, you see agencies set up with five different partners, and you wonder, well, at a minimum, that's 100, 150K each. And, you know, how are you going to support those five partners with no business and then a bits of business coming in? I, and I just don't know how they do it. And I think that the value model is going to have to be much leaner. You're probably going to look at one or two senior figures and then have a, a younger people or the model that we use at Muts and Misfits, which is much more of a loose cooperative. So we pull in people and we pull in what's needed for a project and the right people that's needed for the project, create a team for that project, do the project and then dissolve the team and then create a new team. Because that way you're creating efficiencies and you're only using what's needed and the client's getting full value for money, but it's also getting access to all the the top talent that it, that it needs. And, and then there are other ways. I mean, a lot of Clients with huge budgets will still want bigger agencies. But I think the split between the two is going to become more and more apparent. And you can see this in other industries. So if you look at architecture, architecture, my wife runs an architecture practice, and she will do all the, the designs and the planning and everything to planning stage. And when it's got granted planning permission, it gets handed over to another architect who's a build architect who does the volume, and they work it and does it most efficiently. So there's no reason why in advertising and communications, agencies can't create masters and then just hand those over to either in-house agencies or production agencies that just deal with the pure volume that needs to be done. I think the models are having to be rethought, and you see all these WPP agencies with you know merging the what's traditionally been the below the line with the above the line and you you just wonder what they're offering and i think it's quite confused and if i were a client okay i'm just basically paying loads and loads for this huge tanker to service my my business and am i actually getting any value out of it so that's where i think the world's going i don't profess to have the exact answers. I don't think anybody has the exact answers, but I think what digital has done. The the other thing that's really interesting is that technology is discontinuous. So we still write with pens. So the printing press didn't replace pens. Digital hasn't replaced books. What you have in the world today is just more stuff, many more options. So this idea that one's going to be made redundant and never exist again is complete fallacy. It will just change shape, but it will still exist. Radio will still exist. Print will still exist. TV ads will still exist. But digital now exists. And actually, then there's lots of other interesting platforms, which are, you know, what do you do about voice? And what do you do about machine learning? And all this sort of stuff. How do you integrate that into your comms? How, how do you become a presence in those areas? And that will change as well. But all that happens which is really interesting, is you just get more and more and more. So it just becomes more and more complex, which in a way is why actually a lot of the time uh, creating a brand communication platform is really critical to clients because they need the overarching direction that this thing is going to move in so that everybody knows how to communicate it.
0: I think it's interesting with the like, I, and I think a lot of, especially agencies. I think the corporates have found their way in starting to insource, and they they get the uh, the volume in that way. If you're rethinking the way you work with much misfits in terms of getting teams together and then running a sprints to like actually produce good content. Do you see any? challenges, personally, knowing a lot of the big corporates, they often go to the big agencies because they feel they get a a lot of people and some security around the volume. So if a really big order comes in and, and you start seeing that model, will that be a problem? Can we still produce the volume required?
1: I think you can always produce the volume required. Again, if I use the architecture model, architects have no qualms about going to a meeting with 16 different companies in that meeting and working out how to operate. And it's just considered the way that you work. And it has to be because if you're if you're building 800 new units, you've got to have a transport engineer there. And then you've got to have someone from the local authority who's going to tell you what the turning circle of a Rubbish truck is, and then you're going to have somebody who's going to come in and do all the heating engineering, and then you've got some someone who's going to come in and go, what about the road layout? The amount of people that get involved becomes bigger and bigger and bigger, but they work it out. Working as cross-discipline teams is not a difficult thing. Sometimes I think it's a difficult thing for advertising agencies to do because. They all fear that they're treading on each other's P&L mm. or they all very much like trying to put their arms around the creative and not let anybody touch it. But I think agencies just have to grow up and realize that if they're to succeed, they're going to succeed by working together with lots of people in cooperative arrangements rather than trying to hold on to everything themselves. And the problem with agencies is that they make these false promises and they go, well, we hired somebody who worked from Facebook. We're now a expert in social media and you're going no you're not an expert in social media you've got an expert from social media you haven't got a whole division of people who really know what it's about and you can just turn that on straight away but you know that's that again is agencies just have to work often they're going to have to sacrifice something to gain something
0: Mm. yeah makes sense do you think this will Continue on the path that we're on in the future with the big corporates will continue to insource and they'll get better and better at it. And then, like, will we just lose agencies or will they manage to reinvent themselves and do you think there's a form?
1: So very much, again, technology is discontinuous. We will never lose agencies, never. However, I can quite well see a time when it is very normal practice for every client to have their own studio, own digital asset management system, and for them to be managing the day-to-day stuff or have someone else do it for them. I don't see that as being that far-fetched, and I don't think it's that far away, to be honest. However, there is always going to be a requirement for, um, you know, big, not big ideas, but big creative thinking for, uh, and for an objective look at someone's business. And agencies can provide that. Now, different agencies can provide different things. Some can provide brand and identity. Others might be able to provide communications advice about how to structure a campaign and what that campaign overarching campaign idea could be and how to Pull in the different resources needed to, to execute it. Others could be much more, well, what are you going to do about Alexa? We, we offer a specialism in, you know, creating a voice for Alexa within that or brand platforms. Lots, there'll be lots of specialists, which is great. I think there'll be lots of people who will try and give you a sort of a full service, but it will be value expertise. The clients, they don't need the volume And so the ways of work it never happens overnight. It'll just change.
0: Are there any immediate, like, you've worked with in-house agencies as well. Are there any immediate changes the corporates will need to understand about how we then work with these in-house agencies that doesn't seem intuitive right now, but that they might experience as soon as they start this process where there's some learnings we already have from the advertising agency, which we will quite quickly see.
1: First of all, you've got to know what your parameters are as an as an in-house studio agency or whatever you want to call it. And you've got to not expect them to do things that they won't be equipped to do. So you kind of got to set the parameters about what their remit is, and then you got to set the perimeter about what you want the remit of other agencies you're going to employ to be. One of the things I've seen most of all is the confusion about who does what and I think that's unfair on both the people in both the external and the internal agencies because people get they don't they sort of get built up in expectations and I, I, I think you've just got to be clear that this is what I need these people to do and this is what I need these people to do so that requires good leadership and management from the marketing people within the organizations to make sure that everybody is happy and doing what is needed. So that's one thing I think I would observe. And the other interesting thing about that is the cost. You know, the value does cost more because you need to bring in specialists to do it. And so you can't expect the value to equal the same cost as the volume. And I've seen that fall down as well. And then people get very upset about not being able to deliver something for the cost that they've been asked for.
0: In terms of you and where you are today, do you want to see happened with you? Because I think that would also kind of maybe reflect a little bit the landscape and the nature of being a creative in the creative world today.
1: So the need I see in the market, I think, is this. I think if you look at most agencies, you go, when you're looking at the value side, because the volume side, I think someone's cracked that already. I think when you look at the value side, you go, all these people in the room what am I paying for? And what you really want, if you're an honest client, what you really want, you don't want to be, I have smoke blown up your bum and you don't want to be taken out for dinners all the time and you don't want to feel that you're coming into this, what I call a lobby horde, you know, coming into this <laughs> great big lobby and feeling, well, wow, I've got this big agency behind me. <laughs> if you get rid of all that seductive side of the advertising industry and look at what your job is, which is I've got to deliver some results through marketing here. What you really want is access to brain power. What you want is that access, the chain of communication to that access to be as short as possible. And you want access to the best brain power you can get because only by doing that will you solve your problem quickly and get to good solutions that you feel "Ah, this is the way forward. I think that's what clients really want you know, When you take all the other stuff aside, I think that's what they really, really, really want. And so for me, the vision is, well, how do you provide that to a client? How do you give them what they want? We are in the service industry so that you can provide a great value service to them where they, at the end of it, go, what you've just given us is of immense value to us and we can really use and it's really helped. That's what I want to do and that's for me is the greatest satisfaction because you walk away from it feeling I've done a good job.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well thank you very much for for coming today. It's been a very no, pleasure. It's, brilliant. Yeah.
1: That's fun. it's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Buses for breakfast are hosted by me and produced by Studio Roo. If you like our show and want more exciting stories like this, don't forget to follow us. You can get all episodes for free on any of your preferred podcast services.